Hey, welcome to Mind Your Hives Beekeeping Podcast. <laughs> this is episode nine, um, and talk about a change from episode eight. Big so, time. I am your host, Greg Lehman. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Kara Jo. Hello, hello. Last episode, we talked on, uh, we were sitting at the edge of a lake in New Hampshire, on the New Hampshire-Canada border, and we were just... Couldn't be happier. <laughs> getting a little buzzed, enjoying some really beautiful beer that like friends of ours had made. and With honey, different kinds of honey, yeah, right? Yeah, and I mean, I talked about, I don't know if I said it on the podcast or if it was just like a cheesy Instagram post, but I said like, you know... These moments are the ones you got to like soak up so that you can kind of go to those moments in your memory when you're trying to get through some bullshit. Or fill yourself up. Yeah. So that when you're depleted, there's yeah. something to deplete. You're not at zero. Yeah. I called it like a. I don't remember. Somebody referred to it as a thank bank. Shout out Mike oh, Pascal. Oh, yes. That was good. Sp- filling up your thank bank in moments that are great. Uh, I thought that was Wildy, but no, cares? no, Wildy was something else. Okay, Pasco was yeah. Mike was definitely Thank Bank. That was good. Nice. Um, and uh, and then you know, month later, here we are. And two months later, two months later from that, yeah, a month later from the podcast, I guess. But yeah, we've gone through some shit, and Speaking I guess of, we're just crack, gonna talk about it. Let's right? crack this bottle of beer, um, so we can. Yeah, Enjoy it we'll do we some day drinking it. in a different way right now. That's, yeah. I like that. What's the date? The 10th? I don't know. I'll look it up. Uh, but I'm going to crack a Referend bottle. So Referend is our uh, our friends in New Jersey who actually just opened a farm in uh, Pennsylvania around Cutstown. Uh, but this is a little beautiful, uh, spontaneously fermented ale aged in apple brandy barrels. Mm. Just like a adorable little 500 ml. These beers are so awesome. It's October 9th, Saturday, October 9th. All right. So it's October 9th right now. Let's rewind about five and a half weeks. Five and a half weeks ago. Let's pour this beer. (laughs) (laughs) Just get the beer in the glass. Let's do that. Love that sound here. I'm just going to hand you the bottle. All right. So five. I'm going to adjust my microphone. So five and a half, six weeks ago, um, we're at our farm and uh, we start seeing that there is a, hey, cheers, Kara. Cheers. We start seeing that there's a hurricane forming in like the New Orleans area. Yeah, we are, we track the weather. We were tracking the weather at that property because there's flooding issues. at that. Yeah, property. that property is on a creek. Two creeks. We're like loaded in. Yeah, yeah. You have to cross a bridge to get onto it, and um, we st- noticing in it, and and we get worried at like two inches of rain. It's like when we start to like kind of alarms are going off in our head. Like okay, like we got to really monitor this. You probably like inch inch and a half. You were no would like work. two yeah, inches. Okay, like two like, inches. Yeah. And we see. I think it was like it originally it said three inches expected. We're like oh shit. Okay, like three inches. That's a lot. I went back and I looked 12 months earlier. We had flooding and I looked and we got like four and a half inches of water or something along those lines. It was hard to tell because it was like really sporadic by area. But I was like, all right, that was a that was flooding we got. Like It was at like four and a half, maybe five inches of rain. Like, all right, three inches, we, we can do this, but maybe we need to prepare some. And then it was uh, a few days later, I woke up and uh, I... I there was a note on the counter from Kara. She had left to go to work and it just said like, Hey, have you checked the forecast lately? I really think we need to move the beehives. I had been saying to you, <clears throat> excuse me for a couple of days before that. Cause I was preparing. I took half days at work. I was preparing for a flood, like moving all of the bee equipment out of the yard, moving the carriage of skincare equipment, like upstairs, like doing all that. Yeah, I mean, we that. literally even like raised our couches and everything. Put them on cinder blocks. We took everything off the first floor and put it upstairs. Sandbagged everything. So I had been saying to you, I think we need to move the beehives. And you were like, no, we're not moving the beehives. They're fine. I had, I was saying right now, based on the forecast we're seeing, I don't think we need to worry about it. And then when I read that note, I looked and it was up to... I think seven inches of rain expected. Yeah. And I went, oh shit, we got to move the beehives. And I just texted you. I said, all right, we're going to put them on a trailer. 
I don't know where we're going to take them, but we'll put them on a trailer and we'll move them somewhere. We have like a landscaping trailer. I don't know. It's eight, eight feet by five feet, I think, that we pull with our Jeep. And it's like, all right, we can put them on the trailer. I was hoping we could fit them. So this was, t- so Hurricane Ida hit our farm on Wednesday, September 1st. So this was the day Tuesday, before. August 31st yeah. in the morning. So we literally like, so, hey, all right, this is a beekeeping podcast. Let's talk about yeah. beekeeping a little yeah. bit. We moved every 13 <laughs> hives we moved. Um, and the way we do it is we take ratchet straps, uh, depending on how big the hive is. So we had some that were six boxes, 10 frame, five and six boxes. Those ones we put two ratchet straps around it, top to bottom. And then underneath the lid, you put two by fours, about what, five feet long each, maybe? I don't know about that. You know, the I'm original ones we did were four feet long because I cut an eight foot two by four and a half. Um, later, we used the ones that were a little longer, which made it easier. They were like six feet long. But anyway, you take two by fours, you put it under the lid, that's all under the ratchet strap, and you carry it like it's a pharaoh. Well, and you have to close it up first. Or like so we Queen had to, Cleopatra, right? Like Yeah, so we had to wait till night. Yeah. So it's the night before the hurricane. We have to wait until most of the foragers are back. Yeah. And then like it's rapidly getting dark yeah. quickly. And, wh- and what we did was like, I just cut wood and just state like thin, uh, thin like sheet plywood, um, pa- like paneling basically. And I cut it to and fit it over the entrances. And we just smoked them it in. in. We smoked them in and brushed them in as yeah. best we could. But a lot of the bees went underneath the hive. Yeah, they just you know you can't you can't unless you're doing it like in on a cold night or something. You're not going to be able to get all those bees. And it was horrible. I mean. 13 hives, there's so many foragers that get left behind. Now, we know we know we have some neighbors with bees. We I'm sure there's some feral colonies in our woods and stuff. Like, we just hope that those bees were able to find some hive. And studies have shown a small amount of bees can get, ex, will get accepted into a hive. It's just a problem when it's like a huge amount of bees. Um, but, you know, a, a handful of foragers here and there, whatever, can slip into hives. So we hope they survived. We, who knows? So you decided to just wear your bee hat it was so warm <laughs> I was like i don't think this is a good idea yeah it was so warm and like the mobility of lifting everything i just i didn't feel like wearing my full suit so i just put a veil on my head quickly you changed because you were getting like attacked yeah after we moved pissed. our second hive i got pummeled from my and it was because the good care said there's a lot of bees on the bottom of the hives and they immediately, I was wearing shorts, <laughs> they immediately st- went up my pants and stuff. He was like, oh, oh, I got, oh getting we're carrying this beehive. So one thing that I thought that was really good that you thought of that I didn't even think of is we have all of our beehives numbered. So on that little piece of wood that you stapled to the entrance, you jotted the number of the hive, which kept, which keeps our notes intact yeah, yep, and yep. all of that and stuff. And we, could, we couldn't just like put them in order in the trailer because literally we could not have fit a single nuke more. Yeah. The 13 hives fit exactly like close the trailer and there was one inch to spare mm-hmm. on both on the side. It was nuts. I, don't, I was like, shit, how much weight is this? Like, I don't know how much the Jeep can pull. Is this like over 2,500 pounds? Like, it was, it was a, nuts. It was a long night, a lot of work. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, we were tired it afterwards. Was it was nuts. It's like squats to the max because oh, you have to yeah. squat down to put them back down on the trailer. At one point, I was like, I don't know if I can keep I'm like, doing like, what? Just do two more. We can do this. <laughs> And then it was, and then it was like real dark by the end of it. And then yeah. we moved it to our friend's property. We got there like 10. A couple miles away. Um, You know, she lives up on a hill. She doesn't really have, she's never had any flooding. And then she had a pool. So we drank a beer and went in the pool and then had to go (laughs) to work the next day. Um, So yeah, so the next day the storm was supposed to start hitting like in the late afternoon. Um, But you know, we literally, I mean, we we did so much work leading up to this hurricane. We were just exhausted, spent completely spent i mean sandbags over every door taping windows lifting everything taking things apart store moving everything up into our upstairs i just it was so much exhaustion we were just toast and then 
September 1st, Wednesday, storm. We moved the chickens. Oh, right, right, right. Move- so last time we had a flood, we 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 were sitting ducks. Like we had no idea what was going to happen. And then Greg and I are running through the flooding house and the flooding yard, like grabbing the chickens, bringing them upstairs. And they were just like free, free for all free. in this huge bathroom that we have upstairs and talk about a literal shit show like it was like ridiculous yeah so kara built like a coop basically in in this bathroom with, with big dog, dog cages. cages yeah and they were lo- they were pretty money dude they were great yeah. i had set everything up ready for them they even had like they had like cabbage greens like hanging in the thing they were great so everything everything was like ready we had pumps set up in case water started coming in like we had buckets to bail water out and then so we had spent so many days doing 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 and then all of a sudden everything's done and you're just waiting for it to rain it was like that scene in home alone uh, where kevin makes the macaroni and cheese and like I don't know. Dun, 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 is playing, like, and I then must protect my. This is my house, yeah. and I must protect it. And then all of a sudden, like they show up, and he doesn't even get a bite of his mac and cheese. I, that has annoyed me since the start. Always, I would have like taken a scoop every time I walked by it, at least. Whatever, dummy. So dumb the, nine-year-old. So then it was just waiting, and then the, when the waiting for me, that's when I was just like, and we couldn't like hang out downstairs because we had put all our stuff up on stilts like yeah so we were up in our bedroom like, we filled a cooler we brought beer up there yeah, we, had, we just like, random food filled the tub with water and and then we you just wait and talk about anxiety yeah so we start looking like it starts raining in the afternoon but it's pretty minimal it's no big deal like all right this is fine the 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 rain went from seven inches down to two inches like right before the storm hit and we're just like oh my god we maybe we dodged this i'm like holy crap this would be unbelievably amazing if it's two inches i never believed it i know um rain starts coming a little harder a little harder and then i'm looking out our bedroom window kara's on the bed and i just i see it goes from you can just see like casual rain to you can't see a single thing because there is a tornado on our property but we didn't know and it was like, oh, my God, these winds are crazy. Dude, we need to get downstairs. We need to get downstairs right now. And you were like, yeah, okay. And I'm like, we need to go right now. And we go and literally a tornado starts on our property and rips through like the half of our property rips through it. Where um, the bee yard was. Literally the actual tornado goes right through the apiary where all the hive stands still are. But there's no bees. Thank Kara. And, but we, we still don't really know what's happening. I'm like that something crazy just went on outside and then it was calm. And I'm like, okay, we had lost power. Like right at that moment, we had before that we'd lost power before the tornado hit, we had lost power. And I mean, I think it hit like elsewhere, but the one that actually started on our property and went like a mile, I think it snapped the line. Yeah. But I think we'd lost power before that. Got it. So, I'm like, holy shit, it's okay. It's like kind of calm out, but it's raining. I go outside. It's still bright out at this point. I go outside and I am and I just go, why is it so bright out here? And I realize all the trees are gone. Like we, these huge hundred foot amazing oaks, gone. The healthiest tree I've ever known, just twisted and gone. And I look and the bridge to get on our property has two huge oak trees on it and it's just destroyed i can't even i literally couldn't assess the damage because there's so much fallen on our driveway and on the bridge again kara shout out you got our car moved we that took morning. our car we took our car to so we have two friends. cars we have like a, we have an electric car a chevy bolt and we have a jeep that's like a little bit lifted with bigger tires so we moved the bolt to somebody's property a mile or so down the road yeah and then I said, let's move the Jeep on the other side of the bridge just in case something happens. Because yep. if something happens, the bridge is, I and mean, the Jeep is stuck there forever. Yeah, we can get out. So you go outside and you see this. I'm inside like trying to do breathing exercises because I am not okay. Yeah. No and, water's coming in at this point though. And Greg comes inside and he goes, Kara, something happened outside. 
I don't even remember what you said. I was like, it's like, total gotta, devastation out there. You, you got to come. See this. And it's I was total like, devastation. I can't handle that. I cannot handle what you're saying right now. I'm not going anywhere. I like was stuck in a seated position. You're like, you need to like get up. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to like get through all these trees that have fallen. I mean, it's like, you can't even see. And it's now it's just getting dark. Like it's right at that point where the sun is going down. And also storming is happening more and more. It's picking up. It's raining harder and harder. And I can't even get through the trees to see. The, the, our Jeep is completely covered in trees. I'm like, the the Jeep is t- totaled. Like, I mean, it had multiple trees on it. Like, I, uh, this is crazy. But I couldn't even get to see it before you're screaming. No, that didn't happen yet. So you come in, you're like, I can't get. Right, right. I don't know. And then water starts coming. So we start bailing out, bailing out, bailing out, like just like buckets, just like there's whole, we, we discover like holes in our house that is just water is just like pouring in from these. Yeah. Like, there's like a holes. hole through our cinder block walls that, it, and I'm just like, I tried to plug it with, with like a wine cork, wine cork I, like, and then like a, a sandbag over it, it. It was just, so you're just in this state of like fixing, doing like survival, like literally survival mode and then the water is getting worse i don't even know how much time passes by and then you then go back out to the bridge yeah and in my head i'm like okay if there's a way we can get out of here let's take grab the dogs and let's get out of here like we have no power there's nothing we can do we're sitting ducks and i i can't even get through the mess of trees before Kara is screaming. There's another tornado. When we got the first tornado warning, it was like a three minute window and it hit in that window. We get another one with a three minute window. I'm like, you got to get back in here. Greg was climbing in and out of the windows because we couldn't open the front door because there was so much water and we had like a floodgate in front of the front door. So he climbs back in and then the water starts pouring in through the windows. So now it's high enough. It's coming through the windows there's there's nothing we can do and also like so all you could everything disappears like it's just we're on an island and the house is the island and everything yeah, else no is water land you can't see land anywhere you can't see anything yeah yeah i mean trees but right you can't see land yeah yeah uh so you come back in and you're still bailing out water and i look at you and i'm like this is not there's nothing we can do. We got to go upstairs. I stopped counting at like 78 buckets or something. Like I was just trying to occupy my brain by just like counting the number of buckets I was throwing out the window of water. And then we're just like, and I just we're bailing out water into water. That's just the same height. And I was like, this is just yeah. it's futile. So we go upstairs. And at that point, we don't know how high the water is going to get. I mean, you never believe the water was going to get that high, but like I did not know. And so we go upstairs and I just, we, we lay on the bed and I mean, I pretty like much just meditated. Fetal, yeah. That's, that's all you can do. Like yeah. not even, even if somebody didn't know they were meditating, it was breathe in and you cannot even move toward the outbreath because you do not know what's going to happen in the outbreath. It is literally moment by moment life. And and I laying fetal position. Can you turn me up? Is am I too loud? Yeah, you're better now. I okay. just I just tweaked it a little bit. Um, fetal position on the bed. We weren't even talking. I just remember being like frozen. Like I can still feel like I'm still go back to that position, like frozen sometimes. Like my shoulders are in and it's just like no clue what the next moment's gonna bring. Is there another tornado? Because now we can't go downstairs. So yeah, now we, we're yeah, stuck the, the upstairs. The water is too like a, um, what are you asking, Karen? Just, can you turn me up a little bit? Just a tiny bit. No? Okay. Um, the water's to like the landing of our, of our stairs. So like it's up to like the fourth step before like the other steps to get to the second floor. Like this and, is crazy. And then we realize that we have a 17-year-old dog that pees every two hours. But we also had put a bunch of stuff up on tables and on the counters downstairs. Yeah. So we're we're grabbing everything, we can, including all of our honey. So just buckets and buckets of honey. Yeah, we decided to move everything so upstairs. So we, we're like, fuck, I don't know if this table's going to flip over or like if the, ca- who knows? 
this hole downstairs might get full of water. Yeah. We can't lose all this money and honey. So we're like schlepping. I mean, the physical exhaustion, I just, I can't even describe. It was, oh, it was crazy. And that's also emotional and mental exhaustion all with it. So we're like schlepping through this like dirty water and then we're like wiping our legs down with like wipes as we go upstairs. Um, and then we, um, I think that's, and then we just are upstairs. Yeah. Yeah. We're just trying. I mean, it was, the water was too high to even walk through. It was way above electric. I just, I, we, we couldn't walk in the water at this point anyway. So it, I mean, we were trying, I, I was if we had to get out, we would have had to like jump off the roof. Yeah. Like, and then it's like, so you couldn't open the door because the water's just pins the doors shut. Right. Like, you know. So then I'm thinking, like, my mind goes to Hurricane Katrina, and like, I was always like, what are those people doing? They're staying. Like, yeah. How are people still in their houses? How are houses? people staying? And and I understand one why people stay because last time our house flooded, it was no big deal. We we were able to. We never lost electric. We were able to pump it out and immediately dehumidify. Like, we saved everything. Yeah. It wasn't. And then also this time we tried to get out and we got trapped. So we're trapped upstairs. We have Duncan, There's our no, boss and I had texted a few people. People knew that we were in trouble. And I had texted a few people saying, like, we're trapped right now. Like, we can't get out of the house. Uh, people are like, I'll swing by and try to get you. I'm like, dude, you like pe people you can't like our road is yeah, a people, river yeah there's no getting here um and then no cell service and nothing like no cell i can't get text messages to go through i can't make a phone call uh just darkness yeah we've had some lanterns upstairs i actually i, t I busted out the gopro and like we like to i like not interviewed you but like we just like talked about it i haven't been able to go back and watch any of it like it is just heart-wrenching i can't right now I'm, i i said maybe i can insert something into this but i don't know if i'm going to be able to look at that in the next day or two yeah um so duncan our 17 year old boston <laughs> terrier it, who pe like we didn't even think about this but we're like oh my god duncan's gonna have to go to the bathroom and last time it flooded it receded like pretty quickly oh yeah and no, we were was, never like trapped in but it way. was still like last time it's still you couldn't see land Right, right, right. But at this point, we didn't even realize, but the tornado had knocked down so many trees that it was clogging the creek and causing even more flooding. And little did we know there was cars in the creek. Yeah. The next day we found out cars tried to drive by our driveway. Not, nobody we know, but people tried to drive by and got swept into the creek. And apparently four cars got swept into the creek. There was emergency res water rescuing happening at our property we had no idea. We saw flashing lights through the woods, but we, you know, you have no idea what that is. And also, there were so many trees down that you can't see anything. Yeah, beyond our little area. We go downstairs. We the the rain like slows up enough that I I think okay, I don't think any more water is coming. Like I was like, literally, our house, the water in our house is level with the water out of our house. Like in order for the water in our house to rise, the water outside needs to rise, which means like our whole area that is one giant ocean needs to rise. Like I just, I felt like it, it, it would be hard to do or at least hard to raise significantly more. Because there's so much space. Uh, yeah, for the water unless to rise. another tornado comes through, like a huge, more water comes through. I mean, there's still what ifs, but I felt like, okay, I think all the damage that's done is done. And we go downstairs and I like try to like peek around like hanging off of the railing and I peek and you can see our refrigerator has flipped over. Like the downstairs is way worse than I ever yeah. thought it could be. Yeah. And I mean, there, yeah. So, <laughs> so kind <laughs> yeah. of funny during all this Kara is like, Oh, you're going to tell the story. Kara is like, oh Duncan needs to pee. I mean, she, he's 17 years old. He pees every like seven minutes. And she's like, well, when we go backpacking and hiking, like a lot of times wherever I pee, the dogs will also pee. So Kara is standing in our shower peeing with the dog on a leash like, hey, come pee with me. Didn't work. No, it didn't work. And then because uh, I was like, go ahead, go in there. And they looked at me like, <laughs> what 
you're not doing this. Like, <laughs> we are not doing this. Our cattle so dog. Duncan pe- just ended up peeing on the rug. We're like, just go yeah, on the rug, dude, buddy. Whatever. If you have to take a dump on the rug, do that too. Yeah, we were like trying to get him to pee in the chicken coop bathroom, but you know, whatever. Uh, at one point, Kara's still peeing. She goes back to pee her like You're second or third time. Story, and she's huh? peeing in the shower again. I'm like, what are you doing, Well, at dude? that point, we had started, once we knew the water was receding, we started drinking the beer that was upstairs. Yeah. So then like, I, I don't know how we're going to fall asleep tonight. So yeah. let's drink some beer. Yeah. So then I got a little toasty and then I was like, oh, I'm just going to pee in the shower. And Greg's like, where are you? I'm like, I'm going to the bathroom. And he was like, where? I'm like, in the shower. And he was like, why are you still peeing in the shower? And I was like, where else am I supposed to be? He's like, in the toilet. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> oh, right. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. Or or I kept saying, I want to pee off the roof into this lake that we're uh, surrounded by. I actually said I wanted to poop off the roof. Yeah, you really wanted to, to poop that. right into Hurricane Ida. Oh, it's not bitch. Ida's fault. Uh, no, it's the 19 tornadoes that happened in our area more than it is even the So then Ida. the water started receding and we carried the dogs out through we had to like carry the dogs through the flood water downstairs to like a patch of grass yeah, there's like a little bit of a higher ground patch of grass we put them on yeah and then we and then we just like 2 30 in the morning be like we we fell asleep and then it's that when you wake up in the morning if trauma has ever happened to you and you wake up and then you have the realization that like that just happened oh this is our reality like this just changed everything so i had never gone and looked at the damage yeah so we went out or no did we go that night we did but we went that night when but you couldn't even really we went let the dogs out again waited through and it wouldn't let them out again and we're able to walk through the yard a little bit more in boots but it was so dark we couldn't see what was going. i still couldn't get to the jeep to see what happened so and i was afraid once i saw the bridge was out i was like i'm afraid to try to cross the creek here who knows what they're still flowing water like the water was still i mean rapids going through the property and luckily we were able to contact a couple people and people brought their chainsaws but walking through before people got there i think i got up before you and i walked through and i just bawled like it was just and like not to be totally cheesy but to be totally honest like that property, the the trees, the plants, the wildlife, that was like such a deep part of us. I mean, the tree, the one tree, this over 100 foot pin oak, the one that I said, the healthiest tree I've ever known. I took a meditation. We took a meditation. We did a meditation retreat once, and or maybe it was we one of the classes. We were studying the yoga sutras when I did my yoga teacher training. And the the teacher had us like envision like the embodiment of God, essentially, like what we th- what we kind of think of as the embodiment of God. And and you know, some people it's I don't know deities. A, a, it's, yeah, maybe to, it's Jesus. Like all yeah, kinds of stuff. To me, it was this one tree, like. Nature, I'm, we like just are so connected with, and I just found find all of the beauty in nature, and that in order to envision one thing, that was the tree I envisioned, and then going out and just seeing this tree is just, it's been moved fifty feet, and it's just like been ripped off like a spiral, like just you know, like if you just ripped a dandelion out of the ground and threw it, and it's our garden had been. obliterated we had this like garden but we had this garden that we spent a whole summer when we moved in just like building it up fencing it in it was just devastating it was just like gut-wrenching heart breaking like to see the death of habitat habitat and like these trees and and just this nature that just meant so much to us. We didn't even care about that. I mean, the house was, yeah, I mean, we, the house had some things hit it and like, obviously the, I mean, we don't even know if it'll ever be livable again at this point, but, uh, it wasn't about the house. Mm -mm. It was the property and what that property meant to us and what we'd done for that property. And it had done for us. Yeah. There was so much healing. Both we healed that property and that property, healed us in so many ways and taught us so much and just yeah i mean it it 
it was like yeah. and that day and i mean again i'm i am at a physical exhaustion point i had done as much as i could three days four days before that that night all the buckets of water i like have having a hard time lifting my arms and we have to chainsaw to get off the property like Luckily, some people like that we had texted with earlier in that afternoon, and I said, like, hey, we're trapped. We're going to need to chainsaw our way out. They just showed up the next morning like because we couldn't talk to each other. And roads were closed, so it took everybody yeah. so long because there was devastation everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Uh, I, I mean, literally, our one buddy, Dan, showed up, and he waited in a line of traffic outside of our house for a half hour because they were pulling cars out of the creek and the tow trucks were in the road there were a recorded at one point the next day 20 tornadoes that touched down and like they didn't get our tornado the tornado we had was just on our property no i think ours is the one that ended up crossing horsham road but did it go through the the yeah i think it went through the woods i think so yeah oh it did yeah when you zoom out like drone style you can like see this path that that's where it leads okay and our neighbor said he watched the tornado materialize yeah and then he said he also could see cars go get thrown into the creek from their second floor you could just watch them try to go by on the road and just skirt 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 droop, bloop yeah uh he was out at like nine in the morning just drinking beer like <laughs> might as well drink beer yeah uh so, so some people helped us like chainsaw out we were able to chains the jeep miraculously <laughs> like the side panels jacked up and there was some like you know thicker limbs stuck in the wheel wells and things but like totally drivable got water in it but it's a jeep it's got plugs it drained out like dude literally two huge trees in front of it two of the two, the two biggest trees on our property right behind it and just the canopy crushed the jeep so it's just all scratched but who cares it's a jeep but that was Gives unbelievable dodge i mean i can't believe we were able to dodge that bullet yeah um so then it's okay we you know we get we're able to get off the property uh luckily Kara's parents are away so we were able to go stay at their house that night but the chickens are like the coop is just... Yeah, we put a temporary coop up in the yard. We put all the chickens in there. We had to. So we got baby chicks this summer. And we we were just about to merge them. Um, when you get chickens and you get new chickens, you have to... If you just put baby chicks in a in chicken coop with hens, they will probably rip their heads off and kill them because chickens are savages. They are savages. And um, so we had been slowly, you know, you introduce them visually, whatever. And then we're like, okay, you're all going in this tiny portable coop. And that they we handled have. it like little bosses. Uh, they were the they best. They really did well. They I really... mean, they still haven't like fully integrated but, a month later. Yeah. But so we were, you know, moving around. We had to go back to the, our our house every day, a couple so, times a day so to we like, have, take care of the chickens. We've got a trailer full of bees. Still. Sitting at somebody's house. And we need to open them up. I mean, it's warm. We need to open them up. There's, they're not getting ventilation. Like, but if you open them up, then that's a whole other. We can't open them up on yeah. the trailer. We need to get them. So we, my friend, has a farm, and she. We already had a second apiary, and we had a couple. We had like five, six, five or six, yeah, hives um, at the farm, and so we were just bringing the rest of the these thirteen hives to the farm so but they sat all day thursday did we wait till saturday no friday it was friday. friday yeah um so we go to our friend's house and greg hitches up the trailer and they're being like real calm they're i mean they're out um they're still closed up, but there's like bees everywhere. You can't, yeah. You can't not have them. But they're just like being totally calm. And Greg starts moving the hives, and I'm standing there like you know, no gear. I'm just like in my clothes, and he starts moving them, and they get so pissed, and they just start like flying in my hair and attacking me, and I am just getting stung. Rightfully so. Yeah. Poor, poor girls. And they are just like so. I just start running away trying to like get them out like fl like flicking them all over i get in the car i'm like greg i can't help you <laughs> i get in my car and then now here they're stuck in the car stuck in my hair um 
And my friend was actually landscaping the the property that day. And he was like, Carol, what's up with all these bees? And I'm like, they're fine. Don't worry about them. They're not going <laughs> to bother fine. you. Greg drives away. I drive up to him and I'm like through the window. I'm like, you got to get out of here. You got to get out of here. And he's like, what? What? I roll down the window. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and so many bees fly in. And I f- like roll up the window, more bees stinging me. I'm like, ah! Yeah. Um, And then you drive them to this farm. So I drive them like 30 miles, 20 miles, 30 minutes, 35, 40 minute drive um, on, on a like a major road. road. Yeah. So on 309 in, in Pennsylvania, which is like a three, four lane each way, but with stoplights throughout most of it. And uh, Kara's like a couple miles behind me because she had this, she pulled over and had to get these bees out of her car and warn that dude to get out of there. And um, I am so tensed up. I don't mind driving a trailer. I've done it, I don't know, 100 times. Like, it's not a big deal. But I got like, I don't know how much weight of bees behind me. And I know they're pissed and they've been in these hives for too long. And... I'm just like, I, it can't, a, a, a tire can't blow or like, I just, one of these can't tip over. Like I just, it's so tense and I just find myself clenching my jaws. I'm driving like, stop clenching your jaw. I'm trying to be meditative. As I'm at red lights, people are like looking at me like, what in the hell is going on over there? Other people are like honking their hordes like, yeah, save the bees. Yeah, beekeeper. And then. People are like rolling up their windows. Oh yeah. Kara's <laughs> two miles behind me and she said, she calls me. She's like, I can tell you've been here because I get to a red light and there's so many honeybees flying around, which is like, ah, oh, you hate to, it sucks. We lost a lot of bees. We saved them, but yeah. we lost a lot. We lost a lot of bees. Yeah. I mean, we. Foragers. Yeah. We, we lost a fall crop of honey because of all this like we're not going to be able to extract honey we just we're leaving it all for them like they don't they lost so many foragers that for them to just get the get fall nectar from all the goldenrod and everything in the last month they just haven't had the numbers to do it so and also we weren't able to keep all in september which is like a pivotal time to like check for mites and do all that stuff so i mean i think there's been studies done that like if you overwent winter them with honey there's obviously more nutrients than just feeding them no there's not no there actually there's has gotta not be there has not been a study that shows sugar syrup versus regular honey is better for them have that they is, done studies yeah really yeah it's one of the things that makes you feel better about feeding them sugar syrup huh is that it it does has not been proven to negatively affect them it doesn't make sense in my mind that not, honey wouldn't but not negatively affect them but is there been there's no, no correlation between or they haven't figured that out i've Okay, Kara won't believe in science here, I guess, but that's fine. She's really adamant that she's right. No. That's good. It's fine. I told you, it doesn't make sense in my head either, but study after study has shown it's for overwintering success. Some people take every ounce of honey. It's They just need to have the sugar source, be it honey or straight up sugar, whatever. But we still like to leave them with honey. We think it's healthier. So (laughs) whatever. Um Okay, I do have to like say, uh, and this, I'm inserting this after the fact. There are some studies, or at least a study, that show <laughs> it is better uh, to overwinter with honey. And I like agree. I mean, I would rather the bees overwinter with their own honey. A lot of the things and every everything really I've read up until right now that I found. Yeah, Kara found, <laughs> did say it. And I, we could pick apart that study a Wait, little let me, bit. We're not picking apart. Yeah. I just have one thing to say that I wanted to say go before that I, I couldn't. Like so if you go back to like maybe our second or third podcast, we talk about all of the benefits that honey has to the human body, but there's not science really. And everybody's like, it's just sugar. And you're like, but what about all of these other things? So if they exist for humans, even though there's not studies to show it, logic tells us it exists for bees and we know that honey and nectar and pollen and enzymes is better than sugar and water. Okay, we don't know it because science doesn't tell us, but like, I think we know it. For, for overwinter success. Or in general, if it's it better for over... it has to be. I agree with yeah. you. It has to be. So, has to just be. saying, just... I feel like I was just you. like a little rude with my response to you, like making a it just, joke I just it. wanted to keep talking about it, but we couldn't. <laughs> so now we did and... All right, so there you go. Cool. A little postscript. Yeah. Holler. So we I, we we salvage wood from the garden that got destroyed. 
So there was like four by fours and just two by fours and cinder blocks. And we salvage as much as we can. Um, I get all that stuff. I put it in a Jeep. I'm, I go, I'm going to pick up. Remember this lady? I'm going, I'm leaving. This is the next day. I'm literally driving all of this stuff that I just collected from our broken garden. I haven't gone, I don't know, 20 minutes without crying at this point for a significant amount of time. Like I am just not in good place. And I'm like, leave our house. I make a right. I get to this main road. I'm going to take a right. And as I make the right, this woman goes, you're going to have to turn around. She's like standing outside of her house. And I'm like, oh man. And I get, and I see that there's a tree falling in the road. And I, so I turn around and I'm driving back and I'm waiting at right outside of her house to turn back, to go right back past my house and get to a, go a different way. And she looks at me and goes, I told you so. Don't say the word. I flipped out, man. Oh my God. I screamed at this woman. (laughs) She's a terrible human being. She deserves every bad word I said to her. She's it's just lack of complete awareness of what's going like people your whole community has just been through a natural disaster and you're yelling at people. Yeah, you're just being a little nasty. bratty. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so I'm not in a good place. So we bring that back to our now apiary where all our bees are and we have to build So now I'm digging an apiary. And building stands. We are. We did that. You did that with me. Yeah, remember I weed whacked and I helped oh, yeah, dig right. and I helped. Yeah, but no, you did some weed whacking and then you needed to leave immediately because you're meeting insurance people at this point. And yeah, we like, set up a couple hive stands, yeah. but thank God we have a beekeeper um, friend that came and helped you. Yeah, shout I, out to Chad. Yeah, we wouldn't have been able to do that. So the way I build these stands, just so people know, I did um, two cinder blocks on there, like vertical, um, and then I put either four by four, two four by fours or two by fours through those cinder blocks into another two cinder blocks. So like if you picture cinder blocks, there's essentially two holes at the top and bottom if they're sitting vertically. Um, so the cinder blocks go through there and then we were able to put like three to five beehives in that, you know, stand. So we be- we basically did four of those. Um, super easy way. I have had a lot of success with this with, with it this year. You know, we had made, we had huge tree stumps that we had turned into hive stands at our, our property. They're all gone. <laughs> they just floated away or who knows? I mean, talking like three foot, four foot wide stumps, just gone. Uh, and those were super cool. And I felt like there was a more naturalness to it, like being in a, you know, wood where they're typically in trees and stuff, but whatever, it was a, an easy way to make hive stands. And it worked. Uh, and yeah, Chad came over. We put them all out back out and opened them up. And I actually just got two weeks ago, I was able to get back into those hives for the first time. And I I did mite checks, Varroa mite checks, and the numbers were unbelievably huge. I mean, our, our target is three mites or under, and there were hives with 60 mites, 50 mites. We averaged 25 mites out of a 300 sample for the whole apiary. Um, which kind of makes sense. I mean, they were like, the foragers were stuck in there. We lost a ton of foragers. So just the popul- the overall population of bees dropped, which means the percentage of mites to the population is going to raise crate significantly. Um, we also didn't treat or test in September at yeah, all. Yeah, we had done July, August. We missed doing September where if we would have seen those high numbers, we would have been able to do something about it, um, you know, try to get ahead of it a little bit. But we went from August tests for uh, varroa mites. We tested in the first week of August, and it was uh, something like three to five mites in each hive at most. Like, so there were zeros, there were ones and twos, and I think the highest was eight. And we treated the one hive that was that had eight, uh, and then coming back and doing that test again September twentieth or so, and they're at fifty and sixty. It's just craziness. So we did a treatment. We used we we, we treat our bees with organic methods. There's no organic standards in the U.S., but uh, there are in the EU, and so we used Formic Pro. Um, 
It's a, it's these strips that you put in, um, and they two strips go in for 14 days. There's another option, one strip for 10 days, and you put a second strip in for 10 days. We decided to go with the more concentrated two and 14, and we are waiting right now actually to go beekeep. Um, it's a little chilly out right now, so we're waiting for the sun to hopefully pop through some clouds. It looks like it might be better. It was real windy this morning. Yeah, it's feeling too. warmer for sure. Um, and we're hoping to go in and see what's up. Formic can call it. We don't really use Formic. We've used it one other time, um, but we had to use it because we just didn't have the time on our hands to do oxalic vaporization treatments every four or five days. So we do, did Formic two weeks. It literally ended yesterday. So we're going to go in today and see, make sure Formic is known to have some queen issues. You lose some queens. They try to supersede queens. Uh, there's no real drones out at this point. So if we lose a queen now, we're going to have to merge hives. I think I have a swarm that I caught in the last month on this property, weirdly enough. I don't know if it came from one of our hives. Um, I don't think it did. But uh, hopefully there's a, a queen in there. Maybe we can use her to make a, anybody queen right that needs to. But yeah, we have a lot to do. Yeah, overwintering is going to be interesting this year. So, all right, where are we at in the story? We're, we're here. We're, we're, we're at... I mean, it was. I was in such a brain fog for, for a while. It's like you're floating. Like adrenaline is just and people are carrying just like, you through. People, are like, what can I do to help? And it's just like I'm just looking at people, and I. They must have just been like, dude, his brain isn't working. And I'd like, I'm like, go ask Kara. I don't know. Go. We did like, have so we had our community really supported us in such a big way. Um, one weekend, we had so many people show up on a Saturday, took everything out of the house. like Yeah, and Sunday. That was yeah, good. and then Sunday, we did the second floor, and we just could not have done this without the support of our community. We had people, we had, we had some folks like that we don't barely even know raising money for us, and yeah. we had uh, some Cara Joe customers that were just amazing. Somebody at Cara Joe... Somebody placed a huge Carajo order and then sent a message that says, I don't want the Carajo stuff. I just wanted to give you guys money and I thought this was an easy way to do it. Like, yeah. I mean, we're, dude, our community really came through and it's so touching. But it also just makes me think like, this system is not set up to help people that don't have support themselves. If we didn't have the support of the people around us, I'm having a really hard time still. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm like night and day better than I was a week ago, two weeks ago, three, four. Don't even get me started. But like, I'm still struggling day to day. Like mornings are really hard for some reason. And because I'm by myself, I think. But we, if we didn't have that support system and we if and we aren't like pay, living paycheck to paycheck in our lives. But if we were, oh, my God, it just really highlighted. Like I knew there are inequities in this country, but it really brought us into that world, and it, it just shows insurance you companies what the issues are are not your friends. They are profitable corporations. You want to hear a crazy story? Who do we have? I don't know. Allstate, yeah. home home insurance, yeah. Allstate. Yeah, our Allstate agent would not send us our full policy. Before, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll back it up even more. We'll just call him Rob. We won't say his last name. Or maybe we should call him R, whatever his last name is. This asshole, Kara, luckily was like, hey, I'll take care of the insurance side of things. Like, you've been amazing. But we have all these claims that we have to put through, and we don't know what is claimed. Allstate calls us and says, oh, you don't get any rent assistance. You don't get any of this, any of that. And she's freaking out. Like, I th I was told I did get this. Like, this changes everything. We've, like, moved into another place because we were expecting to get this. And they're like, no, you, you don't qualify. Sorry, you don't get it. Okay, we need you to send us our full policy. Uh, here, here's a one-page summary of your policy. No, 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 we need a full policy. I don't know what you're talking about. You can't get that. D weeks? I Time means nothing. Ten, I, don't I bet know. it was at least 10 days of care going... I know there is like a 20 page policy that is full 
not a summary policy. He it's kept a full giving me the runaround, list. and he would give me a number to call, and that person would be like, "No, your agent should give it to you." Yeah, this Rob asshole. It's really interesting, like going through this process, never going through this process before, and like you don't know what to expect and how to go through this process. And so some people had we had talked to that were like there was entire neighborhoods that were just all their roofs were ripped off and just trees fell on their houses, and they were going through these same homeowners insurance issues. And everybody was like, you need to get a public adjuster. So you have your private adjuster that works for the Allstate Insurance Company. But there's these public adjusters that will go in after the fact and go, okay, based on your policy, this is what they didn't pay you. This is, I, I can get you more money. And that adjuster is going to get a 20, 25% of anything extra they can get for you. Kara lets it slide, lets it slip that we're using a public adjuster. I'm just giving my information to a public adjuster just for yeah. them to look at it. Yeah. I'm not to, to, I'm to not say, yeah, this anybody. is worth it or this is not worth yeah. it. Uh, this, this, uh, this Rob asshole agent gets wind of this and proceeds to call Kara and like yell at you and tell you how dumb it is yeah, that you're he doing was, this. He was mansplaining big oh, time. I can hear. And here's the thing. We have no energy to fight in us. We're just, it's not even like, we're not at it's there's there's no energy for emotion and i've never experienced this in my life but i just i didn't have it in me to to be anything and i'm listening to kara and she's just like calmly like no rob yeah that's what i'm doing okay well that's what i'm doing i was just like i would be a fool to only accept insurance's word i'm i'm i've never been through this process i'm collecting all the information that i can i'm going to everybody that i can that can tell me something about this process so that's what i'm doing and he's like what haven't i answered for you what haven't i ask answered me for now. you ask, ask me, me right now. now what questions do you have right now and, and I she's like, like i don't have questions because luckily this public adjuster helped me when you didn't <laughs> before and uh, also you told me that we weren't get qualified for this when actually we do so i'm glad i went through somebody else no i'm good bro yeah no we're all fine Kara was showing me her call logs. She would have five missed calls in a 10 minute period from all four, five different Allstate people freaking out. So by the way, that's a sign that we definitely should have a public adjuster. Uh, uh, but like how many people does that asshole Rob agent, how many people does asshole Rob say, oh no, that isn't covered. And they go, oh man, that sucks. Damn it. And they move on and they don't go. Can you, can you, they don't threaten a lawsuit I never threatened a lawsuit. You said, I know it's within my legal right for you to send me this. You need to send it to me today. And then the, the, the private adjuster was like, why isn't he sending it to you? And you said, do you have it? And he goes, yeah. And you're like, can you send it to me? And he's like, yeah, I guess so. And then he's like, wait, I have to call the other guy. And he's like, I can't send it to you. He has to send it to you. And it's like, how wrong is this company? Like, So this, this just makes the point that Going through this process, people want to ask how you are, and it's and it's very nice, and uh, and people have been wonderful, and people have been very thoughtful, and they also want to, and people don't know what to say to you, right? So one, I don't want to talk about how I am. I'm not doing well, so don't ask. <laughs> it's also ask. Look, every nobody knows how to handle anything, right, right. and I I don't look badly upon no, anybody that no, has no, no. asked us how we're doing or anything not. of course but i think I, the maybe the way to say it is only ask a question that the answer is going to determine something for you like just how are you so isn't I, i'm like not good terrible but and like, then people don't want to hear so that we're yeah not good. Th that doesn't lead anywhere so i mean i've always done it where i say hey i just want to let you know i'm thinking about you so also, people you know. don't know what to say, so they ask about insurance. Oh, everybody. How are the insurance claims coming? Let's just put this out there. Don't ask people how the insurance claims are coming. Unless you're like an insurance agent that can help us right. or don't an insurance ask. lawyer. The answer is you don't know. It's not good. I it's don't want to rehash it. <laughs> it's stressful for somebody to talk about that. So just, yeah, I'm thinking of you. Here's dinner. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, people just doing things without asking what they can do and just bringing food. Like it. You don't even think about food being this thing, but it is because we, we we're still we work like twelve hours, work like work work during the day, and then we have to do other shit, and then it's like oh my god, I can't imagine if I had to make food right now. People have fed us for the last month, and yeah. that has been the greatest Ugh. gift: is people making dinner, 
and feeding us. It's been yeah. just amazing. So thank you to, if you're listening and you've contributed there's so in many way, people to like, thank. I just, there's, it's just been beautiful and wonderful. But it is as awkward for us to try to answer some questions as it is for you to hear that it's not good. It just, you know, it's, it's there. You don't know what the right thing is to say. And it's just, oh, it's brutal. And the sun shining. So I think we're going to be able to get in the beehives. Yeah. Um, I, I really, the community around us is touching. Like I'm a firm believer that like family isn't blood. For me, family isn't blood. Family is a lot of people that I'm not related to that are absolutely my family and chosen family, chosen family. And I, and Kara, you felt this big time for sure as well during this whole thing. So our real families out there, our friend families that came through for us, uh, we just, we love you. Like we're so fortunate to have you in our lives. Yeah. Thank you. Isn't even enough. I don't know how I could have ever gotten through this far without so many of you so yes i and i have a really hard time accepting help my whole thing is i don't want to inconvenience people i hate inconveniencing people and for people to help us it was hard for me to accept oh it was so hard especially like my friend um my friend buys us groceries and i'm standing in her kitchen and she hands me 25 dollars, and i was like i don't I don't want your $25. And she says, Kara, I'm giving you this $25 and I want to do that for you. And I wish it was more. And I, and I just started crying. And I was like, this is like so difficult. Like, but it's a lesson in vulnerability. And I really feel like our property, Carajo Bee Farm number one, started breaking us open and teaching us things about everything you know life and bees and nature and uh, humanity and all of those things and this just cracked us right open and I can only imagine it's going to be a beautiful way at some point (laughs) we just got to get there yeah so unfortunately we are still our house is still condemned we can't get onto the property safely, really. The bridge is still out. We haven't been able to find an engineer that's willing to like even do redo this bridge because it's just like a liability nightmare. Ah, we've we got a list of people we've reached out to, and we've just we haven't had a ton of good news on this front. But we have because we're at a uh, my friend that owns this farm that has is has invited us to be here and we have all our of the, friend yo our friend <laughs> our friend she is our friend um invited us to be here and the chickens are here and the bees are here and we're all here and we're still living the farm life and it's so beautiful and healing us day by day and i mean we're never going to be able to thank her in in the proper way i've been i've led a a a fairly privileged life uh i haven't experienced depression i don't think like i've definitely been sad and i've had moments of sadness in my life and i've certainly my life hasn't always had good things happen to it but like i did not know what depression was until this situation happened i I have a whole new understanding. Like I've never had something happen to me that changed my brain. Like I literally, it might sound weird to people. I go through my day just like most of the time thinking of funny things that are happening around me or just like whatever situation. I just, my brain takes it into like, Oh, this is funny. And I just laugh at things internally all day long. That all that internal laughing chatter just gone, just empty, like not there. And I never, I didn't even realize that's what I did with my day until it went away. And it was like, wait, my, my mind is different. It's just empty is the only thing I can um, really empty. Like, you know, well, it wiped us out. Just totally <laughs> drained totally all of out. it out of it. Yeah. And I've just, in maybe the last week, maybe last week and a half, I've seen like a change of just like, I don't know if I was accepting our like fate of 
losing all our money or whatever situation this is going to end in. Like I just am more accepting of it or something, but like I have regained some of my old surrendering to it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I just, it, people talk about being depressed and it's just, it's kind of like when people talk about migraines, like, I don't know what that is. I've had a real bad headache, but I don't think I've ever had a migraine. Like I've been very sad, but I don't think I've been depressed. I get it. I get what that is now. I think. So I, let's end on this note. The only way past is through. I can tell you that much. So I was reading like, okay, there's got to be something about like, you know, going through trauma of a natural disaster and being stuck in a natural disaster. Not only do you lose everything, but you go through the stress of being trapped in a natural disaster and then being homeless, even if you have a place to stay. I was having nightmares. The homelessness like is still. Natural disaster nightmares. The homelessness is still something that I understand on a new level. And even though, you know, we're, everyone's like, at least you're safe. Absolutely. hundred percent. But there's like this, uh, there's this like feeling of lack of safety. So anyway, lack of control, surrendering to the lack of control, there's all of these nothing, things. You don't have control. I don't have control over anything. I just Very little. watched a quantum leap happen in my life. Yeah. of Just a path we were on that we were leading up to do things in our life that no longer are an option that so, I never would have thought could have not been an option. Like what? So, in my reading of natural disasters, it's like, and trauma, um, your your nervous system gets tripped all out of whack. And so the part of your nervous system that is... Nervous system is brain, right? It's your whole nerves. It's your whole... Yeah, but yeah. Your whole nervous system. It's not, definitely not just your brain. And um, the part of your nervous system, there's two parts that, um, you know creates or um triggers the fight or flight just is highly activated so it's even more highly activated so part of releasing trauma getting through trauma is getting your nervous system back in regulation so one thing that you can do you can do lots of things um but one thing that you can do to help rebalance your nervous system is breathing because your breathing is directly related to your nervous system and your out breath is directly related to um, calming down activating the part of your nervous system that helps you calm down and slow down so I'm all I'm actually like all anxious right now I guess just from talking about this yeah no doubt so um, I don't know if you just want to even right now just notice that you're breathing so just notice that you're breathing in and notice that you're breathing out. Even if you don't feel trauma, this is just good. Um, and then begin to breathe in a manner where your out breath is longer than your in breath. So there's a couple ways to do this. You can maybe count in for four and out for six. Preferably through your nose. If you want to release a lot out through your mouth, you can exhale out through your mouth. The counting can kind of... Um, anchor your mind, but it also, some people don't like the counting. So if you just want to, you know, you can do it. Just exhale longer than your inhale. And just for a couple rounds. And that can allow the nervous system to begin to slow down. And what you're doing is just activating um, the part of your nervous system that helps calm you down. So that's good to do not just when you're in stress, but all day long. Because even our society trips up our nervous system and makes us more anxious and more nervous. That's good. It, I mean, it has helped. It's I just, I just go back to my breath like all day long. Just my brain wanders and I just go back to my breath all day long. Uh, we're just past like an hour, hour and two minutes right now. I, uh, Finishing just like be some beekeeping stuff. We're about to go keep bees, right? We're about to go check on these bees. Uh, what what are we going to do? We're going to check to see if they're queen right. Might be tough because, uh, you know, we we know some of our queens in last year, they stopped laying right in the beginning of October. So 
There might not be fresh eggs available. However, there might be a queen. We're going to deal with that. Also, they might have superseded, so they might be virgin or not virgin, unmarked queens. Unmarked, yep. Um, I did find a virgin queen two weeks ago in the one hive. We got to go check to see if she got mated. Um, We are going to feed them sugar syrup. Because they had really high mite loads, um, I worried a little bit about their health. Um, So I bought uh, what's called Hive Alive. It's an organic um, concentrated solution that has, it's actually made with uh, seaweed, but it has seaweed and then it also has like thyme and something else in it. Seaweed, seaweed meal, thyme, uh, lemongrass oil. Um, And you put like a, I don't know, a little bit into, it's a 500 ml bottle and you put a little bit into a gallon of the sugar syrup and it just helps them. And there's a lot of, a lot of science behind it, helping them uh, fight disease, make some healthier bees. So we're going to do that. Just never done it before, but because we're going into winter with like not as healthy bees, we're going to try to bulk them up as much as possible and give them a little bit of extra. Um, and yeah, we'll report back next time how it's all going. Maybe consolidate the boxes. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to, oh, we're going to knock boxes down to three or four boxes. Um, we maybe have a few frames that we can pull, but most likely we're just going to shuffle those honey frames into other hives that need honey. Um, and we're going to just now is the first step in really winter preparation beyond keeping healthy bees, but we're going to consolidate. And then the next time we'll, we go in, uh, we'll get, get them syrup depending on where they're at or merge. And, you know, so we got a lot to do today. We sure do. And it's, you know, it's nice. I've only gone these hives one other time two weeks ago, and it was nice to just have the brain turn off and go into beekeeping mode. And you, when you're surrounded by a million bees, you have a hard time thinking of other things. Yeah. I'm excited. Cause I haven't really been in there. So since this all happened, so I'm looking forward to it. I I'm amazed we got through this with less emotion than I thought. That I have like good. pretty bad anxiety right now. Yeah, yeah you're holding yourself. I didn't in get away. to do the breathing exercise, so I'm gonna have to do that when I get off. Um, but thanks for listening to a not so fun episode. We will uh, we look forward to coming back with a little bit more fun banter in the future. Ugh. It's all right. Again, everybody that has listened this far you're a rock star but also all the people that have reached out and sent us love and fed us and supported us supported in so us many in so many so, many, so many different ways i didn't even know was a possibility yeah uh we just we can't thank you and say we love you enough yeah i hope everybody out there is safe a lot of people are going through things that we don't realize and this has been very something that is very present in my mind People are going through things that you have no idea about and uh, maybe it can make us all just have a little bit more empathy for everybody else. And compassion. Yeah. So cheers, everybody. (laughs) Kind of funny playing this music after that somber ending. Love y'all.